You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message to listen to the latest stories and to leave a comment. Hey, listen, uh, comments of last week's program. One of your best. Uh, people really enjoyed that. Good. I wanted to pass that along to you. Good. Okay. Good. What are we going to talk about well, this morning? Before we get going, I just want to say hi to a couple of people. Joshua in River Falls, Wisconsin. Really? That's he, back in my old yeah, neck of the yeah. woods. They were down in Lincoln, New Mexico, and took some pictures they sent me, so I appreciate that. Lincoln in the area yeah. of Billy the Kid. Right. Yeah, yeah they were down there. Uh, Don, uh, also a guy named Lance, who is an author of Western Stories, and a guy named Joy, who is down in Old Town uh, in Texas. So just say hi to those guys for for their uh, comments, too. Well, me. now, the people from Wisconsin, did they email you or something? Yeah. Really? On, on my webpage, you can just go there and hit comments, and yeah. and those go directly to my email. What was the story that they emailed you about? They just told about their trip. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Down to the Billy the Kid land. Yeah, yep. My so, gosh, I haven't talked to anybody from back in my old home state for a long time. Yeah, good people. Yeah. Anyway, today, so we're going to talk about John Wesley Powell, which is pretty well known. Uh, I thought you were going to say John Wesley Harden. No. Powell. Oh. John Wesley Powell. So, uh, you know, he was born in 1834. Uh, He was actually a U.S. soldier. He was a geologist and explorer of the American West. He was actually a professor at the Illinois Wesleyan University, director of a major scientific and cultural institutions. So this guy was really quite a scholar. Why have I never heard of him? Colorado River. Expedition. Oh, there you go. Yes. Yeah, yes, I knew you. Yes, I knew yes, you yes. had. But so he was born in Mount Morris, New York, in 1834. The son of uh, a, a poor itinerant preacher who had emir- uh, immigrated to the U.S. from England in 1830. Uh, his family moved west to Jackson, Ohio, then to Wisconsin, then to Illinois. But he was quite an adventuresome young man. Uh, he kind of took a, a few uh, adventuresome uh, activities. Uh, he uh, hiked through the Mississippi River Valley. In 1855, he spent four months walking across Wisconsin. There we go again. Everybody's leaving Wisconsin <laughs> yeah, or going yeah. through it. And 1856, he actually rode a boat uh, called the Mississippi from St. Anthony, Minnesota, to the ocean. In 1857, he rode down the Ohio River from Pittsburgh to the Mississippi River. Uh, He rode down the Illinois River, then up the Mississippi River and the Des Moines River to central Iowa. And at age 25, he was elected to the Illinois Natural History Society. Yeah, but did he ever do anything with his life? (laughs) (laughs) I think we'll get to that. Uh, So here he is at the Battle of Shiloh. 
Oh, my. Revolutionary really? Civil War. He lost most of his right arm when he was struck by a ball in the process of giving the order to fire, uh, to fire for his men. Oh. So he actually lost the lower part of his, uh, of his right arm. Of his right arm. Yeah. Wow. So, in fact, there's a statue of one-armed John Wesley Powell in front of the Sweetwater County Museum in Green River, Wyoming. And, now, uh, I've been there, and I've never noticed that. Yeah, so there, yeah, there's a, a statue of him right there, and that's kind of where his expedition started when he launched his first boats uh, on his expedition down the Colorado. And he did that with the one arm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. So, anyway, Powell and his expedition pushed into the Green River on May 24th, 1869. Okay? Long time ago. They had four boats. They had one called the Emma Dean, which was a 16-foot pine boat, and three 21-foot oak boats. Uh, one was called the Maid of Honor. Another one was called No Name. And another one was called... Kitty Clyde's sister. Kitty Clyde's Clyde's sister. sister. So where they came up with those, there's got to be a story behind those, right? Anyway. Anyway, so preparing for a long journey, they had rations to last 10 months, plus a good amount of gear, including sextants, chronometers, barometers, thermometers, and compasses, all needed because he was going to measure and for the topographical calculations as to... You uh, went through that very well, by the way. Thank you. It wasn't easy. (laughs) So in the party were Paul's brother, a guy named Walter, uh, a guy named O.G. Howland and his brother Seneca, Jack Summer and William Dunn, both were experienced Rocky Mountain hunters. So this was, I think, a, a good move on his part. Plus a guy named Andrew Hall, another hunter by the name of George Bradley, who was a former Union soldier, a boatman by the name of Frank Goodman, and another guy named Billy Hawkins, who was also a former Union soldier. And, How big were these boats, by the way? Uh, well, 21. Three, one was six, uh, 16, and the other three were 21 feet. Whoa. So not big boats, okay, yeah. to fit all these guys and their gear and food for 10 months. So the route, if you if you look at a map today, it goes from Green River on U.S. Highway 191 in south-central Wyoming. Right. Then the Green River, which backs up into what is now Flaming Gorge right. in northern Utah. Right. And then if you follow Route 1364 and Colorado Highway 318 into Browns Park, which is kind of northwest Colorado, that corner over in there, to uh, the gates of Lodor back into Utah and down through kind of by the Dinosaur National Monument. So that's kind of the area we're looking at, uh, Colorado, Wyoming, Utah. But anyway, as Powell's boats approached the Lodor Canyon on June 9th, Powell was in the lead. He saw some rough water, and he pulled his boat to the shore, and he signaled the others. But the no-name crew weren't able to stop, so they continued into the rapids. Oh, so the rough waters, the rapids of the green hammered this boat against boulders and into the rapids. The boat was swamped, and it threw uh, the Hallen brothers and Goodman, three of the guys, into this uh, into these rapids, this water. Not. I tell you, Zeb, I have floated the middle fork of the Salmon River. Mm, I have too. And I got thrown out, and I wishing I had on two life jackets. I, I had is, when we went underwater. You go underwater in some of that, you know, the, yeah, right. the, your raft. And right. there was a lot of times while I'm underwater holding onto that rope that I said, "Gee, I wish I was at a picnic <laughs> at my backyard." I agree. That water was cold. Uh, oh, anyway. So I have a ha- healthy respect for this. What they were doing. Anyway, the three men actually survived, but they lost all their clothes, guns, a large amount of food. 
all the barometers, and which were these instruments were essential to the expedition. And after a search the following day, the party found the boat, which of course was wrecked. And they actually managed to recover the barometers, some thermometers, and even a keg of whiskey the men had stashed without the most important thing without Powell's knowledge. He didn't know, but they, they it survived. I see. So now, if you stop in Vernal, Utah, for a visit to the Utah Field House of Natural History State Park Museum, you can go in there and, and see a lot of the stuff that that Powell did. Oh, what about the items? Are some of the items in the? You know, I've never been there, but uh, I, I gather that there are some things in really? that, in that museum. Yeah. Now, if you drive through, the route takes you through Canyon Pintado National Historic Area, and the Painted Canyon route was named in 1776. By fathers Dominguez and Escalante, and they when they saw dozens of examples of ancient American Indian rock art as they traveled to California on the old Spanish trail, and the rocks still tell the stories of the early people. But anyway, you continue west and south through Green River, Utah, home of uh, that's actually where the John Wesley Powell Museum is. I so I suspect. That. Most of the things he had would be in that museum, really? and maybe, maybe some other things in the other museums. But, so here we have the confluence of the Green River and the Grand, or the Colorado, in its, which is southwest of Moab, Utah. And you've probably been to Moab, mm-hmm. kind of on the eastern, central part of Utah. Right. But uh, on June 28, 1869, Powell's three remaining boats were at the mouth of the Uinta, or uh, they call it now the Duchesne River in Utah. Frank Powell and Andy Hall took letters and headed to Uinta Agency, some 30 miles away. Well, they rejoined the expedition and they all set off down the river and they faced unexpected rapids and named the features along the route. Now, a lot of this is actually part of Canyonlands National Park. And have you ever driven down that way, Canyonlands, oh, yeah. Dead yep. Horse Point? Yep. Yep. I mean, yep. there's some amazing... They used to film a lot of movies down there. Right. And yep. there's some uh, Anasazi uh, and uh, cliff dwellings right. that you can go visit that right. are really fascinating. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, they found, uh, they headed down what they call Canyon of Desolation, and then another one called Dirty Devil River, uh, Sumner's Amp- Amphitheater, Gray Canyon, Stillwater Canyon, Whirlpool Canyon, and Bright Angel Creek. I've got a question for you. Okay. Did they at any time run out of, and I'm not trying to be funny when I say this, run out of water or enough water to float those boats to where they had to transport on land? You know, it doesn't say that they did. So I'm just going to assume, but because of the tributaries coming in there, that they had plenty of water. So uh, I don't think it ever got low enough that it that they had to uh, haul the boats. Those boats you know? would have been heavy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 21 foot made out of oak. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, like the Green River near the Wyoming-Utah border, the waters of the river, which is now the mainstream of the Colorado River, back up behind Glen Canyon Dam at Page. Okay. Lake Powell, of course, is named for John Wesley Powell. And the lake waters have you know, filled in the canyons and the crevices, uh, providing access to areas otherwise uh, impossible to reach. So the dams have filled in a lot of the things that Powell saw. Now, in Page, there's also a Powell Museum, and you can view the exhibits at the Glen Canyon Dam Visitor Center. Yeah, I've been there. Okay, so there's... 
you know, all along here, there are things that you can stop in and see it yeah. at some of these museums. But the river changes as it pours out of Lake Powell and toward the Grand Canyon on August 9, 1869. Here's what Powell said. He said, the walls of the canyon are of marble of many beautiful colors, often polished by the waves and sometimes far up the sides where showers have washed the sands over the cliffs. That must have been an amazing scene, don't you think, to see that in its natural uh, beauty at that You know, time? and how many people were on that tour? Probably, what, 14, 15, you said, or yeah. in that area? Uh-huh. I mean, that has to be a scary undertaking, to be going into waters that you don't know, rapids you don't know. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, anyway, four days later, on August 13, here's what he said. He said, we are now ready to start on our way down the great unknown. We have an unknown distance yet to run, an unknown river to explore. So they must have had a little bit of knowledge as they started. So, But now they're getting into, into where no, nobody knew what they were going to run into. Oh, my goodness. So at what was named Separation Rapid, also called Separation Canyon, the Howland brothers and a guy named William Dunn left the expedition. Oh, wait a minute. They, they walked away? Yeah, they left. They, I think they were done. So Where now, did they go? Uh, good question. Now, I've heard that they, uh, and I, I should have checked that out better, but I heard that they were actually killed by Indians. Well, I was going to say, because you're talking about an era of 1869 in that area right. where there was a lot of unfriendly tribes out right. there. Right, yeah. So they left, and I, I'm not exactly sure what happened. But now here, Powell abandoned the one another boat, the Emma Dean. Uh, it was battered. It was no longer watertight. And with fewer men, there was not enough men to man the oars, and the supplies had dwindled. So there was no need for the boat to haul them. So they now they're down to two, two 21-foot boats. Now, science was really no longer the focus of the journey because all the instruments were either broken or lost. Uh, so on August 29, 1869, Powell's three-month, 900-mile river journey neared its end when the boats drifted from beneath the Grand Wash Cliffs of the Grand Canyon to where there's more rolling hills and mountains than the caverns and the cliffs. Now, is this all part of the Colorado at this time? Yeah, it's still yeah, still heading down that I see. way. Yeah. I see. So, and here's what Powell wrote. He said, The river rolls by us in silent majesty. The quiet of the camp is sweet. Our joy is almost ecstasy. And you can imagine, after what they've been through, to have maybe a smooth river for a while, yeah. probably, they, they were probably glad. Yeah. Anyway, departing from the river two days later, Powell and his remaining men, now they traveled overland north to Salt Lake City, which they reached in September. Question. Okay. Horses? Well, you know, there were settlers down through there. If you get down into, like, uh, uh, St. George, uh, Cedar okay. City, right. um, I don't know how far. Okay. Las Vegas was probably just barely still just a watering hole. Yeah, well, that. they could have t- stopped into Samstown or whatever. They could have, <laughs> wherever that is. Yeah. So they made their way to Salt Lake City in September. Now, pa- Powell would return to the river a few years later in 1871, two years later. And he made a second expedition that was far better documented. And this time, Powell had photographers, a guy named Beeman and a guy named Jack Hillers as part of the crew. So it was uh, he was much better prepared. He knew what was going to happen. But uh, he actually died at the family cottage in Haven, Maine, on September 23, 1902, of a cerebral hemorrhage following a stroke eight months earlier, uh, from which he actually never did really rec- recover. Uh, 
Emma, his wife, was present with Mary, their only child, who was then 31 years old. Now, so he was married, uh, and actually he did some exploring before all the Colorado stuff, and his wife, Emma, actually went with him on some of these western expeditions. Were there any pictures or paintings or anything that depicted what they saw? Yeah, this uh, the last guy, that, or the second uh, time they went, they, they had this guy named pa- um, Beeman. And he was a photographer. He was pretty well famous. Okay. Yeah, I remember seeing and reading about him. And the book I looked at and got a lot of this from, it did have some sketches as well as some actual photographs. Yeah, didn't he do a lot of the frontier-type town yes. uh, photography, et cetera? Yeah, yeah he, was, he was famous for some of those things. Yeah. But, folks, if you, were, oh, if you want an interesting book to read, there's a book called The Emerald Mile. All right, and this was written in eight or in 1984. Do you remember when you had that high water all through the West? Remember when the Oakley Canal almost overflowed, and down through Utah, Wyoming, we had that yeah. really high water. Yeah. The Colorado was higher than it had ever been, and there were some guides that wanted to set a new record for the trip that they took uh, people down. So against the uh, rules and regulations of the uh, Forest Service or the BLM or whoever, they snuck onto the river, and they made this trip in, I want to say, I can't remember, like 28 hours of rowing these longboats, and they did get dumped in one of the huge rapids, but uh, the thing that's interesting is it talks about the Glen Canyon Dam, Mm -hmm. and they had to let a lot of water go through the spillway tunnels, and as this was happening, they were letting as much go as they could, and they heard cavitation, you know, this rumbling underground through these tunnels on each side of the dam and they were later they realized that they could have lost the glen canyon dam there in 1984 and when the water went down they they went into these tunnels that had been lined with cement on each side and the cement and the rock had been eroded and chewed away to make make the tunnels twice as big as they normally should have been so it was a close call for that Glen Canyon Dam. Wow. So the book is called The Emerald Mile, and really an interesting read, because it does talk a bit about uh, Powell and the river, and uh, anyway, just an interesting book. You know, kind of like right here, less than a mile from my place, uh, we talk about the fur trappers that were lost in the Snake River and everything. Right, that was the Wilson Price Hunt. Uh, expedition over here, and I, all of a sudden, I forgot the name of the the, the Cauldron Lynn. The Cauldron Lynn, and wouldn't it be interesting, honestly? And I know you've probably thought of this, like uh, with the river traffic and uh, the losing of the ships and all their scientific equipment and their guns and everything. If all of a sudden, bang, the water was drained, and you could see oh, yeah. all this stuff. Uh, and you know, actually. Uh, Quite a few years ago, the, river, the Snake River went down low enough that they did actually go out there and find some guns and some traps. Oh, you're kidding me. I didn't know that. And I don't know what happened to those or if wow. they're in a museum. Whereabouts was that? Just below the Cauldron Lynn. Where that, where this, really? The one the one uh, guy that was with him, his name was Antoine Clapier. Yeah. He drowned. In, they, in the Cauldron Lynn. Right. Yeah, his boat went under. His body's probably still there. It could well, yeah. I mean, it really probably yeah, is. There's no way out. Yeah, and if you go down there, which you have, and I have during high water, I went down one time at high water, and it's like I said, it's a mile from my place. But you don't want to walk close. You to don't. That. I mean, it's spooky. Absolutely. And I know there are some guys that thought, even in our day, that they could do that in kayaks. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's I, dangerous. It is. It is. Very. But, and for all of our Eastern friends and people across the country that are listening, believe me, if you saw it, you'd back up and go, I ain't going near there. <laughs> well, and just below that, of course, is the Twin Falls and the Shoshone Falls. Yeah, very dangerous. And the Shoshone Falls is the one that uh, is actually higher than Niagara. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful uh, when there's high water. You know, the, the river traffic and the research of all they did in the West, it just makes you wonder, you know, it's sad that there's not more documentation. Right. Now, uh, the Burley Parade, the Cache County Fair and Rodeo this past week, okay, in the parade, a, a friend of mine named Mark Hobson has rebuilt a Stars Ferry. No kidding. He has rebuilt the ferry. That like you, the one that actually was on the river. Right, that went across, right? Just not close to where wow. we're at right now. Wow. And he had that in the parade. And I'm going to get over there and take a look at that uh, Did ferry. Did you get a picture of it? Um, I Think, I'm not sure if I did or not. Bring but, that next week if you But I'm going to get together with Mark and talk about it and, and the, the story behind it. And did he get, how did he get the actual dimensions and everything? He, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I know there's information about it, but uh, and I have some, but I, I'm going to look at that. you got to get him on the program. Yeah. Yeah, Mark would be great to, to visit with about, uh, because before the bridges, of course, that was how they got back and forth across Absolutely. across the Snake River, just a few miles yeah. from where we're at. Oh, can you imagine all the material that's in that portion of the river? Oh, yeah. That I mean, got spilled over? Well, you know, the drownings and the oh, horses and the wagons. And, sakes. You know, uh, but... Anyway, pretty fascinating story about that the, was a about good story, and that that was uh, the guy by the name of Powell, John, John, John Wesley, Wesley Powell, Powell, born in 1834, died in 1902, soldier, geologist, explorer, professor, wow, you know, and major scientific guy. Really you know? interesting. So the thing that is nice about this is you had a scientific person doing the observations, whereas a lot of the explorers they went through and they made notes, well, like Lewis and Clark. They made a lot of notes about their expedition because they were kind of like scientists, really. So, yeah. But some of the other trappers, they didn't really know that much about scientific uh, knowledge, I guess, if you want to say. Man, you're really into this. I can see you light up like a Christmas tree. Oh, it's fun. I'd, yeah. I have never had a chance to go down the Colorado, but I would if I had a chance. Well, I'll guarantee you, maybe you just better concentrate on getting here to the studio. <laughs> We'll leave that unsaid. Okay, yes, thank, thank you. you. You know, excellent job. Thank I really you. found that interesting. Well, I, I enjoyed that. So I wonder yeah. if a lot of this stuff, uh, material, the old kegs, uh, maybe some of the old uh, uh, material, does it ever wash up on beaches anywhere? Well, I know that, that uh, along the river there are um, arrowheads. That year after year, somehow with the way the water moves and the sand yeah. and the gravel, that sometimes uh, walking along the river, people have found arrowheads wow. or scrapers or whatever. You are really interesting. Thank you.